Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made And I wish that I could talk to me And tell me I can change Don't be afraid Just walk with your Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. I'm Monica, and I'm your I'm your host. Today is February 14th. Wow, this is this year is just moving so fast. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. February 14th, 2012. We're going to do a short show because I'm sure everybody wants to go out and celebrate their Valentine with their uh, with their loved one. And um, today we're going to talk about young people and the 12-step culture. But first, I want to read some breaking news that's happening. And um, this relates directly to why I started this radio show, why I did the work um, initially inside of Alcoholics Anonymous to make it safer and was met with um, a lot of sanity from the women that I knew along with lots of insanity at the headquarter level and at the um, area level in Los Angeles, California. So here's the breaking news. DenverPost.com, man charged with groping during Alcoholics Anonymous session. (laughs) Uh, You know what, listeners, anybody, what is a session of Alcoholics Anonymous? I don't know. They're called meetings. There's nobody in charge. Uh, there's no safety set up, no, no nothing. There, um, we should write to this guy and just thank him, Erica, Erica Meltzer. Thank you so much for writing this story. But um, there are no sessions in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, they're called their meetings, and they're not safe. So anyway, this was posted February 10th, um, updated, and there is a breaking video that you can see. I'm sure if you Google sponsor um, charged with sex assault. Uh, in an Alcoholics Anonymous uh, in Boulder, Colorado, you will see this. So police arrested a man this week who is suspected of using his position within Alcoholics Anonymous to inappropriately touch a woman during a meeting at a Boulder hotel. Loreno Cifuentes, 64, had been under investigation by Boulder police since November, and he was arrested on Wednesday by Longmont police on a Boulder warrant. According to police, Cifuentes is associated with a local Alcoholics Anonymous group, and he persuaded at least two women that he would help them through one of AA's 12 steps, which requires disclosure of information in a private one-on-one meeting. 
Police said Cifuentes arranged a private meeting at a hotel with the victim and another woman. The victim told the police that during the meeting, Cifuentes touched her sexually. She fled from the room and called a friend to pick her up. You are an awesome woman. I got to tell you, I watched the video. I think her friend is the one who has been interviewed. They look, I mean, I'm so happy that this is finally, that there is a woman who supported a woman that this happened. That the, and, and, you know, in other situations that we've seen, um, this has happened to other people, but because you don't have another woman or a member support them, they don't go and they don't do anything. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that's it. I want to have anyone call in. I um, believe we have one of the bloggers that's going to call in to 818-475-9211. 818-475-9211. And welcome in the chat room. We have um, uh, one one lonely blogger in there. Hi there. How you doing? Uh, welcome. I guess everybody else is going, running out getting flowers and cards. But um, so... I wanted to address, I mean, this story is so big because we hear it all the time that people say it's, this is an outside issue, and of course it's not an outside issue. Uh, in fact, this is a story that was told to me. Uh, there is a, um, it's a weekend called the PRASA, the Pacific Regional AA Service Assembly, where hundreds of people come from I'm forgetting, I think it's nine states and 13 regions uh, in the western, the Pacific region. And um, I went to this when I was still in AA and a general service rep, and they gave us time to have a make, actually it was called Sexual and Financial Predators in Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, there were 130 people that squeezed themselves into this room at the hotel near uh, Los Angeles Airport, and but before this uh, roundtable discussion happened, uh, I was asked by the Spanish-speaking community if I would um, tell them and they would translate what it is I was working on, what I was finding, and they wanted to see the literature in its early stages that we had created, um, me and four other women. So I sat down in um, one of these rooms and they translated and they circled around me as we talked and told the story. And what happened was that the Spanish-speaking women actually told me this story that's in this paper here in the denverpost.com. So if you want to look it up, a man charged with groping during Alcoholics Anonymous session haha, in Boulder um, in the Denver Post. But what's fabulous is that there is a video on this. They, a news um, outlet, reported on it and is speaking out clearly which is absolutely fabulous my faith has been restored and newscasting uh, i'm going to send them flowers i think something this is really a big deal um, i've been working on this for three years the la times wouldn't write about it the new york times wouldn't talk about it the um what's the other one not the Washington Post, but the Wall Street Journal I contacted. I contacted the Village Voice. Of course, they were going under, so that didn't matter. But anyway, um, you can watch this video. I posted it on leavingaa.com. I posted it up on uh, Stop 13 Step in AA, which is my other blog. Oh, here's my caller. I think this is my caller. It's calling in. 
Hi there, caller. Hey, what's going on? Hey, is this Emily? Yes. Should I call you Emily or you want to you use your blogger name? <laughs> I don't know. I think it. I don't. I don't know who's who's listening. It might just be us right now. Okay. Well, there's a few people in the chat room. It, you know, hey, it's a little coming. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, there's a couple of people. So, um, hey, um, thank you for calling in. And did you hear this breaking news? Is this amazing? See, that's the sad thing. It shouldn't have. To, it shouldn't have to be amazing. That's what any girl <laughs> should do if she's touched. And you know, I wonder is the friend is the friend was the friend an AA member or was the friend just a normal sane citizen whose normal reaction was to comfort her friend who had just been sexually assaulted, as opposed to telling her that you know she had to look at her part in the situation or whatever. I don't know. I mean, she actually looks like an old friend of mine um, in Hawaii who was um, from Mexico. Her, you know, that's her place of origin, and she is sober today, like thirty, a couple of years more than me. So that would be thirty-eight years. But she also stopped going to meetings too because she couldn't stand anymore what she was seeing. But you're right. I mean, it should be that way, but it isn't that way. So those of us have been sort of like, you know, you know, hitting our heads on this subject and this. To have this finally reported um, is is really huge progress because now nobody can say um, this doesn't happen. It's an outside issue, and she, you know, I don't know whether it's her a, a sane friend who's not in the program or not. It doesn't matter. There's finally someone who is backing up a woman, and you know what's good is I really I read the whole story, and I guess there's more people coming forward. But I was just, I'm going to finish this, the, the story that I was telling about what, what happened to me in Prasa. I'm going to finish it because the stories that the women told me that, that night were not like that they just, you know, you had your clothes on and I had my, you know, and that they, he just bumped up against you. He, they were telling the women that they needed to have sex with them to do their fifth step. So they were, you know, I mean, my jaw was like down to my, you know, Stomach. It was just like I I couldn't believe what I was hearing, but you know it, it was true. So this this story. Happen, what's that? How how is that possible? Like how, I don't understand that that mm. working. You know. Mm-hmm. It's your story, and we can talk about it after. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I I think that um, I think I got a troll here. But anyway, um, no, maybe not. I don't know. So tell me what you, you're a young person, right? How old are you? 22. 22. And when, at what age were you first even aware of uh, the 12-step program? Um, oh, I went to a meet. Oh, this is, you'll like this. I haven't thought about this in a long time. I had a friend in high school whose mom mm-hmm. did a lot of did a lot of coke and pills and whatever else. Mm-hmm. So uh, she, you know, and she had her occasional bouts of using and sobriety. I never saw her using. I guess I only really knew her when she was sober. But she would. My friend would always go to the NA meetings with her mom, and it must have been like fifteen. I must have been sixteen. I think I was sixteen because I was driving. And so I went one night. I went over to her house and we were hanging out. And her mom, her mom's like. I want to go to dinner and we'll go to a meeting. And she was like, come with me. I was like, okay, fine. So we all went. And so I went to the meeting and some guy gave me an 
NA pamphlet, asked if I used drugs, and I said sometimes, mm-hmm. and he gave me an NA pamphlet and tried to convince me I was an addict. But at the time, I didn't know anything of opiates. I wasn't an, an everyday pot smoker. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I just did ecstasy. I had tried ecstasy a few times. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really, I was kind of like a once-monthly drinker. <laughs> you know, right. I really wasn't a drug yeah. user at the time. Right, that's good. That's good. <laughs> this oh, is not an AA I thought, meeting. I don't, you don't have to impress anybody here. We just want to... <laughs> yeah. Well, and so when was the first time that you went to a meeting? Was it NA or AA? That experience was NA. The mm-hmm. first time I had to go to a meeting because I was getting high was AA. Mm-hmm. That, was, were... I, that was... Oh, sorry, Keep going. No, no, no. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask you how old were you when you went to that meeting? The one when I, the one for having to get high myself, the AA meeting? Yeah, yeah. Probably 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. um, that, I got lucky, I guess, in that particular meeting because that was a South Beach meeting with a very large gay community. And mm-hmm. I actually remember the first speaker, the first speaker I ever heard Talk, had an impact on me because he talked about how when he got sober he was still smoking weed and he smoked weed two years into his sobriety and then after two years decided to quit smoking weed and then when he had gotten to five years sober decided to go back and start calling himself three years sober because he had been smoking weed for the first two years of his sobriety but I, it had an impact on me because it was my first ever meeting like that I was going to for that reason, and also because it's the only time I've ever heard a speaker say anything remotely like that, (laughs) ever again. Do you think, I I actually heard people do that, um, but do you think that when you're young, like, you know, you and I were both very young, I was 18, you were 20, do you think that we are more susceptible to... I don't want to say being brainwashed than someone who comes in with, like, a job and their family and 35 years old. Yeah, and it's not even about AA brainwashing you. It's more about everybody who doesn't know what they're talking about telling you that you need to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I was more, you know what I mean? I, I, I was already shooting heroin at that point, so I, was, mm-hmm. I couldn't really be like, oh, well, I'm just having fun now. You know, I could I couldn't really ever say that. Right, right. Yeah, I I actually know somebody here in LA who she said that to me, and she said, "Oh, it's social." Well, I just tried it socially when I, I said, "What? Like heroin?" You know, it's like, "Oh my God!" I said, "No, no, no, no. Like that's not a. Uh, we're not in Iran or you know in the Middle East. It's a problem. It's um you know so it's more than alcohol. Their problem there because it's so um easy to get. Right? They're growing the poppies over there, but uh." All right, so unfortunately you were shooting heroin, and you, uh, you, you're you in a meeting, and did you like anything about it, and did you dislike anything about it? Um, Looking back. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I, I think I told you this before, that I just, I always thought the whole thing was a little bit ridiculous. And I sat, and I remember sitting there in the meeting thinking, I'm going to die because this thing is so ridiculous. No, oh, you mean the meetings, what you were hearing. Yeah, because they told me I was going to die. I don't know why I believed them. Mm-hmm. Well, so, like, almost like there was a lot of cognitive dissonance there. Mm-hmm. I thought they were 
ridiculous, but I still believed what they were saying. Oh, you did believe them? Well, because nobody else talked about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I was why I was thinking I was going to die because I couldn't get it. Like, it oh, not okay. really considered that I didn't have to get it, but I was I was kind of messed up on drugs, so, I mean, I, my brain was taking great leaps with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you were high when you were at a meeting then? I probably wasn't. I was probably in withdrawal at a meeting, really more than high. Okay. But, so... um. What, you know, you hung around for how long, and did you get clean? Tell us, like, a little bit about how the process went for you. Okay, or didn't work all, for you. I probably refer to myself as ironic from this point forward, and not whatever you know my name to be, Okay. you know it. Okay, but, hi, uh, ironic. Mm-hmm, we'll do to do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Um. Well, you know, I, I was probably, I was using for a while before I... Not not a really long time, but, like, I was using for, like, a year or two before my mom, before I told my mom. And I would come, I would come, to, I guess there was, I guess the first time I just used for a couple months. And I, I just started, I, I would come home, to, I would come home to Miami and get high, and I would go back to school in North Florida and not get high. Mm-hmm. And then you're actually, I would I would find various ways and means to get high, with which often involved driving back to South Florida in the middle of the week, and all and and drive drive into other places and all kinds of you know craziness. Mm-hmm. And but I guess it was really, it was sporadic until I moved back down here, mm-hmm. and it got it got bad really quickly, and became and you know just like I don't know by the end of it. It's, it's pretty fuzzy. I guess the chronological order of events is pretty fuzzy. Mm-hmm. But I, at the end of the whole thing, I was just kind of, I was, I was shooting, I was shooting a lot of stuff, but probably mostly, mostly heroin, and pharmaceutical, other pharmaceuticals, and I had to go to rehab, but that's not when I got clean. I ended up getting, well, I ended up getting relatively clean on Subutex, mm-hmm. and I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I now take half a milligram of Subutex a day because that's also a bitch to get off of. Ah, I don't know. It's, it's okay. not a great element in my story. Well, you know, I think that it's important because, every you know, there's lots of different stories. There's lots of drugs that are pharmaceuticals that are being abused, and we, we actually see it a lot that I said to my husband last night when they were talking about Whitney Houston, you know, these deaths are not people that are dying from heroin, heroin overdose. You know, or or snorting too much illegal, you know, cocaine. These people are dying from pharmaceutical drugs that are legal, and so we don't even. I won't even go off on that tangent. But um, how did you? I know you went to rehab. You had a bad experience in rehab because you and I have been talking on the phone. Uh, but what? Um, so you went to rehab for how? <clears throat> excuse me. For how long? I did seven weeks in I did seven weeks in inpatient, and then I went to two different halfway houses for about two months, and then I did outpatient because I got marchman acid, which is something they do to you in Florida if you're if they want you if you're if you've got family that cares enough to want you to stop getting high, they'll go to court and they'll basically sentence you to outpatient. It's kind of ridiculous. Wow. I tried I, I went to rehab for seven weeks because people were telling me that you know. Basically, I was going to get sentenced to do some horrible thing if I didn't comply. And then I ended up getting sentenced to do some horrible thing anyway because I relapsed in a halfway house. And it really just ended up having to do outpatient for three months. Wow. 
Oh, my God. By going... the end of the three months, well, actually, I'm sorry, without patient for two months, not three months. So I did two months inpatient, two months of halfway houses, and two months outpatient. But outpatient was kind of really ridiculous. Like, by the end of outpatient, I was just, like, you know, faking the urine tests and stuff. It was kind of funny. So how much money did that cost, that rehab? Uh, insurance covered the first month, and I got, actually, I'm pretty pissed about it. I had a, I got a full ride to college because I did really well in high school. So my yeah. parents had some money, and all that money they saved up that they, that they still had because I got a full ride, went to this fucking bullshit rehab that didn't even get, provide the services that they advertised, let alone get anybody sober. Wow. So the first month was paid by insurance, and, and how much is it without insurance? Do you know? Two, two grand a week. Wow. Two grand a week. That's $6,000 a month. Um, someone's asking how old is the caller. Um, she is, you're, you're 23, right? 22. 22. I'm just telling, there's a somebody in the chat room asking. I'm sorry if you can hear my dog barking in the background, but there's nobody here today to help me, and there were some workers outside, and I can't leave the show on the phone and go tell them to cut it out. <laughs> so... Hopefully it's not too loud. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, so 6000 this is the part that um, – now, are you willing to say the name of the rehab on the show? Sure. You wanna... Destination, Hope for Wh- Destination Hope Women's Program, Pompano Beach, Florida. Highly recommendable. Destination – I'm going to write it down in the blog, in the blog room. What is it again? Destination. It's Destination Hope, Hope, and it's the women's program because Destination Hope itself is for men. So it's Destination Hope, the women's program. Okay. Um, now, if somebody would have said to you, or let's let, let's let me rephrase this: Did anybody ever tell you that you did not have a disease? Addiction is not a disease. That you were making a choice. And um, that you could choose between your life or the drugs. Yeah, my dad was screaming that at me the entire the entirety of this whole process. But unfortunately, his well, his wife is a doctor. My dad's wife is a doctor, and yeah. you know she would kind of. I think she kind of felt bad for me, so she would kind of be like. Yeah, addiction is a disease. I don't really think she believes it's a disease either. Yeah, right. But I, she insists that she believe she she insists that she believes some pretty crazy things. She's kind of a staunch Catholic, so I mean I wouldn't put it past her. Can we? Can I send you my letter? Could well, the letter that I gave you? How about you give it to her as a doctor and tell her about you know what we're doing and what we're what we all believe. Uh, people who are you know she's a pediatrician and she mostly deals with newborns and like kids up to like age eight, and then mm-hmm. she deals with she does deal with kids up to eighteen. But she does. She really doesn't deal with the age. She mostly really deals with kids under eight or ten who aren't gonna have the having problems. So that's why she doesn't. You know, she'll she'll pretty much say like, I don't know a whole lot about it. She right. doesn't want to. She doesn't want to get in the middle of me and my dad's arguing. But what I kind of wish you, I. Well, what about giving it to your dad? Ironic. What would you, <laughs> have your dad call me. I'd love to talk to him. <laughs> He may, he may talk to you. I'll, t- I'll I'll ask him about it. I mean, yeah, he kind of um, he 
he probably would have gotten through better, except he had to add as a tagline to all of that, why are you doing this to me? And that kind of made me tune him out, you know? That's right. I wasn't that's, really that's right, right. Have a disease, and I was making a bad decision. I still wasn't doing it to hurt him. Mm, so. Mhm. Mhm. Um, if you, okay. So how long you're taking? Um, what can you say? The drug that's helping you now that you're taking? I take Subutex, but when I, I always like to add as a caveat with that that I take half a milligram a day, which is just like a very very low amount. That if you if you shot dope or if you took an opiate, it does not it does not block at the dose I'm at. I'm on a very low maintenance dose because I'm tapering off it. So I mean theoretically I could still. I mean when I had my I had surgery recently a minor surgery and I was able to take pain medication without a problem. Oh good good. And yeah. so how, how, I, I know the answers to some of these questions, but the listeners don't. So have you left AA and, and NA? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never really got, I never really got super accepted there. I was always kind of, I don't, I don't know. I, I always. I was always kind of viewed as toxic, so it was pretty easy for me to leave eventually. <laughs> Why were you toxic? <laughs> oh, God. Because I I said things like I said things like, "How am I powerless? I don't yeah. understand. Could you right. explain it?" And they don't like people who ask questions like that. And then I mean, they thought I mean. One of the problems is that I'm Jewish and I didn't know the Lord's Prayer. So at AA meetings, when they would say yeah. the Lord's Prayer, right. people would think I was being difficult because I didn't know it and I would just oh, like God. not say it. Oh my God! I love yeah. it. Oh my God! You know what? You know what's so funny? There was a Jewish woman when I started. We started really like stirring things up. There was a Jewish woman who was coming to my meeting when I was still going, and she said, um, "You know, I really think we should stop saying the Lord's Prayer. People find it really offensive." And, you know, there's lots of Jewish people here. I'm Jewish. Why don't we say, you know, she was joking at this point, but a Jewish prayer. And I said, you know, that's not a bad idea. What if we were to get, like, six different kinds of prayers, like a Native American, let's find a Muslim prayer, let's find a Jewish prayer, and alternate. Seriously. Can you imagine how radically different it would be? And then you could, you know, and then for the people who... Don't like to pray at all. You know, you could say some positive affirmation like Tony Robbins, like, oh, I have a voice, and, you know, I am a leader, <laughs> instead of I am powerless, and I am a loser, <laughs> and I am doomed to come to Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> I, but, think, I think your analysis is over my head. I think I'm too young for that reference. Which, oh, for the Tony Robbins? Yes. Well, he's got a youth. He's got a youth um, leadership program. But Tony Robbins is the guy who was in Shallow Hal. Did you see that? He's been doing it for 25 years, and he's got the fire walk, and he's a total empowering kind of guy. And you, you take these workshops, and you walk across the fire coals. Anyway, I did it with my 21-year-old son this year, <laughs> and it was a blast. But I thought to myself, Oh my God, can I imagine if? Anyway, we don't have to go off on the tangent, but it was so empowering, and I think that the program, you know, the people that years ago, I had, a, I had two sponsors, and I had one woman, and she said, don't go to so many meetings. She had like 40 years back in the 70s. She said, too many meetings is not healthy. 
You're young. You're supposed to be going out on Saturday night and going to the movies and going dancing. And she had this great accent. She was like from Newfoundland. And she just said, you know, go to a few a week. That's enough. Can you imagine, like, you know, anyway, I, I'm, I want you to, we have like a minute and 40, so you have a minute left for you to say something. I'd like you to say, if you're going to talk to a young person today who's got a problem, what would you say to them? To help them with your experience. Well, I, I honestly, I don't know how helpful I am. I tell most of my friends that that have certain issues that they really just ought to get it together. Right. But, you know, I don't think that's really helpful advice. I mean, it's better, you know, it's, it's hard to say because, you know what, here's a really good point. Addictions are highly individualistic. Addicts are not all the same. And people get addicted for different reasons, and there are different reasons behind it. And it's better to think of yourself not as, you know, I am an addict named ironic. It's better to think of yourself as a person. And this is just a very small part of what makes you you and the problems you're going to have to deal with, you know, being who you are. And so it's better to see, like, a therapist or somebody that can help you individualistically with those issues than it is to, you know, go become some random at a meeting. Right. I want to thank you so much, Ironic, for calling in. The show is going to be short tonight. I'm going to end it. I'm going to have a, a really great guest next week, Drink Link Moderation, and she's going to talk about moderation program instead of complete abstinence, which I really, really want to support. I think the courts could use it. I think the criminal justice system, I think young people need it, college students, anybody. Um, and her name, I'm just trying to bring up, I don't think I can bring up the site, but... Um, so um, I got ten seconds. So I'm gonna say uh, good night to everybody and uh, happy Valentine's Day. And we're gonna have Donna Cornette, founder and director of Drink Moderate Drinking Programs, Drink Link Moderation. And ironic, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. okay. And thank you. For, thank you so much for calling. And we'll do another Young People's um, in a, in a couple weeks. Okay. Okay, cool. Great. Okay. Have a good, good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody, and happy Valentine's Day. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.